Hey, Colin Roy here, about uh, 11 months behind, I guess. I'm really enjoying your comparison of mechanics between rule sets, like the reaction mechanic. You were going through the different editions, really cool stuff. I also like the uh, readouts that you do on uh, different games and supplements that you have. Those are really enjoyable. I did have a question, speaking of rules. Uh, I heard you guys discussing, you know, the usage mechanic, not one I've used before, but I know I've heard of it. I think I understand it. Um, and I do like how it brings in some uncertainty to usage of particular items. But uh, I'm wondering, how does it help with record keeping? Because instead of keeping track of charges, aren't you keeping track of which die you last rolled so that you can uh, know which one to roll next time? Searching for moons For an evil ogre in an ancient room Was a fortunate son of the OSR Without a ten-foot pole I wouldn't get very far The ground was murky and I caught a look As the dungeon master opened up his grim tooth book And then I fell into a spike pit Oh yeah, spike pit Oh, a bit would have spikes in it I'm Colin Green and you are listening to Spike Pit Those of you who are paying attention would have guessed by the title. I'm looking to talk a little bit more about the Black Hack in this episode. Playing it recently in Dave Aldridge's game and having a whale of a time. At the top of the show we heard from Roy Lorenko who's plugging away at the back episodes. Mentions the uh, comparison of mechanisms between different systems. Something I quite like to do actually He's referring to pre-100 episodes. I uh, can't remember the exact numbers now. Looking at Mensa Basic and BX Basic. And then I went on to talk a little bit more about the um, Basic Expert. And recently, finally released episode 199 where I started to talk about companion rules for d and I'm going to pick up on something that Roy mentioned about the usage die that's kind of the inspiration for coming back to talking about the black hack. In particular, I'd like to address Roy's question, talking about the bookkeeping in relation to the usage die. It's a fair point. Does it really save you any bookkeeping? Well, it doesn't get rid of bookkeeping, but I think it certainly does save you some. For example, if you're in a combat, you fire off five maybe six arrows traditionally you would or should be keeping track of those arrows 
by marking off each one as you fire it. With the usage die in black hack, at the end of the combat, say you've got a usage die, a d6, you roll it on a 1 or a 2, it means that you step down to the next die size. So in this example, that would be down to a d4. If you don't roll the 1 or a 2, so back with the d6, you roll the 4 to 6, then there is no need to change anything. You just carry on and you wouldn't have to roll again till the end of another combat. So there is a saving of bookkeeping, but yeah, it's a fair question whether there is quite as much of a saving there. It gets made out there is. I think there's probably a little bit of excitement around a, a kind of a new me mechanism. There's a, a little bit of a novelty value. And when you talk, <laughs> when you're talking about designs and stuff a lot, you can focus in on these things and, and, and build them up a little bit more perhaps than they deserve. So whether you think there's much to be gained with a usage die, I think it's more about some of that suspense and randomness. So you, you never quite know where you're at with your stuff. And that's what I personally enjoy about it. And I've got a, a suite of marvellous call-ins from the community. So without any further ado, let's get on with that. Jason here, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Just listened to your latest episode talking about equipment again. And Arlen definitely knows what he's talking about, as you know. You know, I would maybe even put a little bit further, and I think that's the direction he was suggesting. Where, you know, you rolled, had the Avengers kit, and you rolled a D6 to, or whatever it was to see how many pieces are in there. I almost would let Avengers start with, like, I mean, it depends how many equipment slots you give them, but I'd almost say you have 10 pieces of Adventure kit, you, you know, and give them a little bit more to play with initially, right? So, but, but I think maybe I'd expand the number initially, and at the same time cut back on the things they say they have, right? Those are kind of where my thoughts are going with that. So that was Jason, a.k.a. Bardo. He's playing in the Black Hack with uh, Dave and some of the other anchorites. And we're going to be hearing a little bit more about that later in the show. Jason is referring to an episode, a few episodes back now, in around about the middle of October where I was talking about equipment. Yeah, I'm revisiting equipment. It crops up quite a lot in my mind. I've got something for you, if you're listening, Jason. It's a call in from an old buddy, Vance. And interestingly, Vance uh, is another person I played Black Hack with. The first time I played Black Hack when I was playing in Matt Jackson's game with uh, Vance, uh, Shane Ward, Matt, and a guy I can never remember the name of. But I can only um, humbly apologise. Sorry about that. Hey, Colin. It's Vance. I haven't chatted for a bit. Hey, I was listening to your In the Bag um discussion there and uh yeah i like the uh kind of the esoteric um idea of equipment um that's a cool thing actually independently i when i wrote up some new black hack characters or classes i came my ranger gave him the um ability class ability of referring to as always prepared and I've read it as, as if the party's in need of a common or cheap item during an adventure, the ranger will just happen to have one in their pack with a successful wisdom attribute test. So perhaps that's uh, you know another uh, mechanic 
you know, somebody you could play with for something like that. So anyway, take care, man. Have fun. Bye. Man, what a cool idea. I thought that was great. When I heard that call in from Vance, I was uh, I was I was pretty staggered with that idea and you could apply it to different classes as well. Yeah, pretty impressed, pretty impressed. And if you're impressed, you can get more of this stuff. Uh, Vance has got a, a blog called Lester's Rambles, and I noticed that he's just put out a pay-what-you-want uh, publication on drive-thru. It's called The Black Hack Whack Classes. He's kind of emulated the uh, original style of Black Hack based on um, the ranger alone you can see there's some good thinking going on and i recommend taking a look what have you got to lose is pay what you want if you like it from a few bucks hey colin jason here nerds rpg variety cast i've read blue home it's interesting um i don't know like i called into purple worm i've got so many different variants of those games but Blue Home's a good one. There's nothing wrong with it. You could definitely play with it. Um, as far as the Black Hat game, yeah, I dropped the ball as a player. You know, I, I'm going to release an episode tomorrow on Wednesday, which what's at the 6th? Yeah, 6th November on GM and player responsibility. And I kind of dropped the ball a little bit. I had made my character, and I thought, oh, yeah, he was raised by the wizard, and he's got this, and he's ugly. And But I didn't put much thought into personality. I didn't put enough thought. And everybody else came to the table. Of course, I was playing with superstars, right? And everybody came to the table with, you know, personalities figured out. And, you know, some people did voices. Not everybody did voices. And I want players to know. It's totally fine not to do a funny voice when you do your character. Some people can pull that off. Some can't. If you don't feel you can, it's totally okay not to do that. But anyway, everybody else had really planned out cool personalities. And I kind of dropped the ball. I hadn't done that. And that's kind of why I was feeling a little bit low about my performance in the game. But it was a great game. I look forward to the next one. And one of the cool things in Black Hack, one of the neat things with the Thief class, is they have that weird, one of their special abilities is a murky, dark background where they can re-roll the background each game. So Bardo, next, ep- next time he shows up, is might be a little bit different. So we will see. But thank you for the kind words. And I look forward to playing with you again. Take care. So quite a lot to unpack with Jason's call in there. He's really crammed in some content. More or less as soon as I mentioned the Blue Home rules, I was thinking to myself, do you know what? Don't think I really need another OSR kind of clone. And of course, the other thing that came to me was the name of that tower out of Holmes, and it's the Tower of Xenopus. Uh, that just I totally brain farted on that one but it came back to me as is often the way a little bit later on in the day so the other thing then that Jason was talking about was his character I'd mentioned in my last kind of black hack episode that I felt he was being a little bit self-deprecating and down on himself it is easy to be very critical of yourself I do it all the time but that's not something I want to harp on about. I don't want to dwell on the negative there. Interesting that Jason thought we'd all come to the table with this kind of highly prepared character. The truth of the matter is I actually made a couple of rolls on the random tables in the Black Hack. I think I rolled 
reputation ruined by vice i interpreted that to be vices that were numerous and unspecified and linked in with the vices was the whole idea of, of the party that i talked about in the last episode i just looked at the coins thought oh no i don't want to go shopping boom popped into my head we're all online gathered together oh it must be party time so that's how that happened as for the other characters i don't really know how they created their backgrounds i had this idea that i wanted to be a an entertainer like a jester so i thought well perhaps he was actually quite a good jester he's got high relatively high charisma and high dexterity so it seemed that he was every chance that he would have been pretty popular but talking of backgrounds that was jason's other point in the black hack if you're playing a thief you do between sessions get the opportunity to kind of almost reinvent yourself there's a role if you roll um, under your level you can just pop up as something else i think that's going to be something that's happening to my character quite a lot it seems a shame to let that pass by and it's interesting that jason's picked up on it i don't think jason's going to need to lean on that rule too much because as it stands he's got a character that's quite mysterious the next session would be the perfect opportunity to bring out some of those skeletons from the closet a little bit of chat on discord today seems he's sowing the seeds for a dark past and there you go that folks as they say is a wrap I'd like to thank Roy Lorenko, Vance, Jason Connolly for their awesome call-in contributions. I'm always saying it, but without the call-ins, really, there's going to be no spike pit. So thanks again, guys. Shout out to the patrons, the pit crew over on Spike Pit Patreon. Thanks for your ongoing support, guys. I really do appreciate it. It kind of gets me through the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations of podcasting. Some days, I've got to admit, you're gonna, you know, I find myself thinking, oh, I don't know, I don't know about all this. But I look at the patrons, I see something going on in my gaming group or something on Discord, and I think to myself, you know what, there is stuff to talk about, and I know there's people that want to listen. So... The last big thanks goes to you, the listener, for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to Old Spike Pit. Take care, and I'll catch you later. I fell into a spike pit. Oh, yeah, a spike pit. Oh, a bit would have spikes in it.